Hooper Radio, coming to you live from the closet. Closet looks bigger than I remember. <laughs> I've lost weight. <laughs> yeah, this is more. It's more roomy. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. I promise you today, you're going to enjoy this interview with David Hooper. David, he's been on the podcast a couple times before talking about marketing, talking about podcasting. Today, we're going to talk about his new book, Big Podcast. This book gives you all the details, answers all of your questions about how do I get a podcast started. I get quite a few inquiries. In fact, I've had people ask me if I could teach a class on how to get a podcast going. I would simply refer you to David Hooper, and instead of a class, I've got him on the show today. We'll talk about all the aspects that you as a speaker or a comedian can bring to a podcast, what you can expect from doing one, how your listeners can engage with you, and what you can do to get your philosophy across as both a comedian and speaker so that people can hear your true self and potentially book you for shows or for speaking engagements. I promise that's up in just a second. I do want to mention really quickly, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporter. This episode is Jeremy Lee. Jeremy is contributing at the level which includes him in Club 52. So $7 or more a month, you can be part of Club 52, which is a weekly email designed to help you get your business bigger, better, and more bookable. You get bonus podcasts with that, and you also get invited to a quarterly hangout online where we swap ideas, talk about jokes, punch things up, and just generally have a great time uh, meeting other comics from around the country. Okay, I don't want to take too much time because David's episode is so full of information, and I've got to check in for my flight It sounds like over here, so let's get right into it. Here is our interview with big podcast author Dave Hooper. As promised, I got David Hooper on the show. How's it going, Dave? Great. Glad to be here. Dave has written a killer book called Big Podcast. I've worked alongside Dave at a big podcast meetup that we had a while back. I see him in action. I've been on his show. He's been on ours once or twice before, so I thought I'd bring him back. To talk to you guys, the listeners, the comics, the speakers who might be thinking about doing a podcast, kind of just give you a a broad drive-by kind of look at what it takes and then get into a few specifics here and there as far as expectations. That sound good, Dave? I'm ready for it. And you know, you're in this book, right? I, you know, and I was going to tell you, I know I am because I've gotten emails from several people who bought your book. I've got a friend now, I think I could call him a friend, Josh Liston, who is in Australia who not only uh, saw that I was in the book, started listening to the podcast, subscribed, and and is now taking my online comedy writing course. Well, speaking of that writing course, I did your online writing course, so you can expect hilarity today from me because (laughs) of that. But I went back maybe two years ago and met a couple of women in the air, and they actually are editors of the book. They saved this book from what my first editor referred to as a big jumbled mess. <laughs> they helped me, so it would not have happened without you. Because you met those folks through the yeah. classes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, th- through School of Laughs. The School of Laughs is bringing the world together. One person at a time. If I could just get 50 at a time, I could make a living. <laughs> 
Well, this is going to be fun today because I'm actually thinking about some uh, podcast questions here lately as well. So I'll drop those in from time to time. But if there's a speaker or a comic out there who's thought about it, maybe you've been a guest on a few podcasts just to kind of kick the tires. What is really the first thing they should be thinking about as far as doing a podcast, like the reasoning behind it or their, their audience? What's what's some things to consider? I think the things to consider when you're going to do a podcast are the things that you should consider when you're going to do an act. So you want to have a personality. Who are you going to be on the mic? What is your worldview? Do you like this or do you hate it? There's no money in the middle, as I say in marketing, and, and I think you say the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like we don't want like a lukewarm, milk toast kind of person. We need to know where you stand. And also, what story are you going to tell? And there are certainly various stories within a podcast, but people want a complete beginning, middle, and an end. So it's not unlike doing an act, except it's time delivered over the internet. And as far as, and I get that too, there's, they, people learn about you over the podcast episodes, you know, whether it's solely personality driven or you're interviewing, you know, I kind of do a little bit of all those things. And, and when I meet people, they always say, Hey, I feel like I've known you. I just talked to a guy this afternoon uh, before we had dinner. He's like, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And I just feel like I could ask you a couple of questions. You got time for it. And I said, yeah, give me a holler. And there's a person, the personal kind of connection you have with the podcast that you don't even have as a comedian on stage, I think. Right. Cause what, what, makes that happen, that living in your ear kind of connection? Well, first of all, one of the difference between podcasts and being on stage is that you know how tight those stage times are. You've got three minutes, you've got 20 minutes, you've got 15 minutes, not 16 minutes, 15 minutes. You've got to get off the stage. With a podcast, you can go on as long as you want. And people expect something to be a little bit more laid back, a little less polished than it would be on stage. So that's great. But I think what makes it personal is think about how we consume podcasts. It goes directly into your ears. And most people listen to podcasts alone. When you're in the club, what do you got? A crowd around you, hopefully. Mm-hmm, right. As a comic, right. hopefully you've got a crowd yeah. there. So your audience is, is going to have a lot of people around you. And we don't listen to podcasts that way. So it's like you to them, you to your listener. And you can tell those stories because you've got a little bit more time. Just like we told the story about the book before we got into the meat of this, you know a little bit more about what makes it special. And that's what makes us like comics, if you think about it. The comics that you love, Richard Pryor. You know how Richard Pryor grew up. We all know that story. Right. We know how people made it from going to clubs to going to sitcoms to going to Madison Square Garden. We know the story behind them, and that gets us more connected to who they are as an artist. And that's an opportunity that we've got with podcasting. And so I would say for comics, uh, you wouldn't have to have the pressure to be funny for the entire length of the podcast. No. Right? No. Because that's overkill and no. it looks desperate. Yeah. It, it, it's difficult to be funny. You know this as a comic. Every comic can relate to this when somebody walks up and they say, oh, you're a comic? Tell me a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it is the absolute worst. It, it's awful. And I really feel bad. You know, working in radio, sometimes I'll see comics come in through like a morning show. Uh-huh. Be funny, be funny, be funny. And it, no, no, it, it takes work. You make it look easy as a comic when you go out there and you do three minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever your set is. But that takes a lot of work. That could take years to do 30 great minutes. Yeah. And on stage, the comic builds the trust with the audience, which enables them to laugh at the, the pros, cons of their lives. And, and comics can pick on other targets besides themselves once they've built that trust and camaraderie with the audience at a comedy club. With the podcast, uh, some people obviously will be discovering you who never saw you speak or do comedy. And so they're coming in the side door. Maybe a friend said, hey, I've watched this comedian. I love him. Uh, they got a podcast. You ought to check it out. And you can connect with new people. But 
the same thing applies. You have to build their trust through through different things. Podcasting, though, the trust comes from. I'm just speaking, and you can add to this. When I discover a podcast, the first thing I want to know is, has anybody uh, written a review of this podcast? Like, I won't not listen to them because it has a low number, but if I see somewhere in the 100 to 200 reviews, I start going, oh, this podcast's been out for five or six months. People like it. I can scroll through the reviews, see if they, uh, if that makes sense to me to, to listen to this. And so I might try listening to one just based on numbers of reviews and the quality of those reviews. That's one way for me to kind of buy into something. But what are other ways that a non-listener to David Hooper's big podcast podcast can find you and build that rapport and know that you're trustworthy? Well, let's dive a little bit into reviews, if you don't mind. Reviews is not like or not unlike word of mouth. How do you go see a comics? Your friend says, oh man, there's a great comic. He's coming to town. He's at this club. Go along with me. That's what we have when we have reviews. It's social proof. And what happens when people are looking at reviews, they are looking for somebody just like them. Think about it with a product on Amazon. Let's say I want to buy a microphone and I see something from another podcaster. He has purchased that microphone. He loves it. He's in the same situation as me, just a solo podcaster. It worked for him. It fitted within his budget. I think I'm just like that guy. So that's how reviews work. The other element of podcasting that I think is great, unlike a show, is there's a low barrier to entry. And that's a great opportunity to try new comics because all I've got to do is click, get the podcast instantly downloaded to my phone. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost me a night out. I don't have to use gas. It doesn't cost me time, cover charge, two drink minimum, right? any of that. So it's a perfect way for me to get connected with somebody instantly. And I think the way you build the the uh relationship over time over that with a podcast would be uh, consistency and repetition. You consistently show up and you're there. You mentioned going there. And if you just saw one, you're not going to, well, I don't know if this guy's going to be any good. Just like playing at a club, you see that same comic over and over and over again. You start to get to know him, like him, trust him. And you, you've heard that with marketing. Also, I think with uh, agreement is also important mm-hmm. for liking somebody. You say, I like that guy's point of view. I agree with that. I'm going to get connected with him. So, I don't think I answered your question. I took you on a little tangent no, there. You touched on something that, that I was hoping you would touch on, and it's the consistency part. Yeah. So I know when I listen to a podcast, I come back, maybe I listen to the second or third. If it if there's not some kind of through line, whether it's the, the topics or the point of view from the host or the way the show is structured, I kind of get lost, and I'm not sure what I'm listening to. And also yeah. on the same point, uh, you know, release schedule. You know, people used to say it always had to be once, a, you know, once a week. And some people do it every single day of the week. And there's there's a tremendous amount of work with that. Uh, School of Last, people that have listened to this know that it used to be weekly. And I do twice a month to try to give you a better podcast twice a month and more time to, to go back now and listen to the previous episodes. So, and I've actually seen listeners increase by decreasing the amount of episodes I put out. Yeah, you get overwhelmed people by if you were to do a daily podcast for example yeah like, but do you think like once a month is not enough to gain any traction i, I think there's a, a fine line I, I think you're right in the sweet spot there a couple times a month one time a week the main thing people want is, is they want it to be they want it to be good they right. want to know what they're going to get it's like why do you go to mcdonald's it's not because it's the best food it's because you know what you're going to get you know where the bathrooms are you know what's on the menu and they want that from your podcast similarly people want that from your show after they keep going again and again and again oh he's probably going to talk about these issues i really like this point of view i like these topics and the same thing with you for a uh, school of laughs that you said as an example because i love school of laughs you are using 
other comics to, I guess, prove prove the point or, or show brand new comics or even established comics or upcoming comics what to do. So I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a great interview. I'm going to get a host who has been in comedy for a long time and who can like lead me through this other comics story and make it make sense where mm-hmm. it's not just rambling. It's like, here is something that you can use in your comedy act. I know what I'm getting. That, and that's why I listen. It's not just like, Hmm, what are we going to talk about today? Right. Right. And th- that's one of the things that I think that podcasters make a mistake on. And you don't have a plan. You would never go on, on stage without a plan. Right. I mean, some people do, but some you only do that a couple of times. You see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- th- okay. So let's talk about that. <laughs> when you're doing even like an open mic, if you're not doing well, you know instantly. With your podcast, you throw it out there because it's you and me in a studio, which is basically a glorified closet here. Mm. We don't know if this is going to be good or not. And as a brand new podcaster, you don't know how it's going to be accepted. You don't have that live audience and that feedback. So it does take a minute to get that going. But but uh, you have to you know you have to listen listen to feedback, and I think that you have to go in knowing what you're going to do based on the feedback maybe you've gotten from your live show to give your audience what it is they want and what works. Right now, what about the person who comic who wants to put out a podcast mainly as a way to to let people know they're out there and here's my schedule coming up. Uh, maybe they have guests on, maybe they do it solo. But what what happens when I think some a lot of podcast I'll just say it because I you know you and I both listen to a lot of them. Let's get real here. Let's get real. There is no point to the 20, 30, one hour, 90 minutes that just took place. There was, there's yeah. not, I couldn't even put a title on this podcast besides stuff that's not related to each other. Yeah, it, it's not therapy. We have to keep that in mind. Your podcast right. is not therapy. If your audience isn't getting a copay, there's no insurance involved, no. Yeah, so no. I mean, that's tough because I, I do hear so many, and, and typically those are the shows that don't have many reviews because I think people just tune out and not out. Could you, as a new podcaster, start with, hey, I'm just going to do 20 minutes, and I'm going to try to make it a good 20. And as my audience grows, I might stretch it a little bit further. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, I think you can test it out. It's better to do what you had talked about, Rick, is be consistent and focus on the quality, not the quantity. And I do think it also helps to have a concept. Like you have interviews. You do a lot of your teaching through interviews. Dusty Slay, a local comic here in Nashville, he does a great job because he's funny. He's got banter with his wife, but he talks about conspiracy theories. And Mm -hmm. here's what's happening. And have you seen this news? And it's kind of conspiratorial and it kind of has that kind of, I'll call it a hook. So if you've got something like that, if you've got something planned out, you will find as you get more and more comfortable in front of the mic and it's not scripted, which is what a lot of comics are doing, or it's based around a script or an outline. You get better working kind of maybe free form or, or off of bullets or however you, you're going to do your podcast that you will go for longer. You'll be able to do that because it's more comfortable, just like you're more comfortable on stage. Sure. Yeah. And you, you couldn't do a, a headliner the, the first time you go out. Right. So I, I think take some pressure off yourself. If that's what's holding you back, like I got to fill an hour every week. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's 20 minutes every other week until you get the ball rolling. Yeah. Or, or even 10. Like here's what's happening in the news this week. And this is what was funny about it. Bam, done. I would rather have that, and I think most people would, than an hour of you rambling. This is not supersized. This is not Walmart. We're not buying podcasts by the pound. We're going there because we want to be entertained, and sometimes less is more. That first bite, that's the most delicious bite. Absolutely. And also one or two, and I know this from from doing a podcast, and you know it from doing a couple, you you have an idea of who you want to speak to, but you don't really know who your audience is until you've done it for a while. And you hear the term... 
avatar, which I really don't like that term. You know, people, you got to know who you're, it's a person. It's not an avatar. It's the type of person. And that, and that person, it, it really is a personality, I think, more than a person. So I know I've got old ladies that do comedy that listen to my podcast. I know I've got kids that are like 14, 15. My, me and my people are doing comedy at some level, and they're between 20 and 40, 45, the majority of them. That's where it landed. I was, I was hoping for that. But I do have the perimeter listeners. I've got people who will never do comedy yeah. that just like listening to com- comedians talk. So, Well, you're always going to have those guys. Even Rush Limbaugh, the most right-wing of right-wing talk radio, has those left-wing people. And they listen to him because they're like, oh, I hate Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, they need to get their daily fix of hate. <laughs> Why do I hate him today? Let me find out. Right, right. So you're always going to have those guys on, on the periphery. And sometimes that can show you what to lean into if you want. And so in that way, your podcast is, is great as a comic because it's you throwing something out there, basically throwing it out against the wall, seeing what sticks. And maybe you've been playing a certain type of club thinking that that's your audience and you've found another audience. Mm -hmm. Certainly if you're doing clean comedy and maybe like a a Christian or or maybe a recovery type audience or who knows, there's a lot of different types of audiences, but it it, it happens and and they're going to come to you and and you think, hmm, well, maybe I should start booking some of these gigs. Right. So some sometimes people are listening to hear your philosophy on things, right? Not just your opinion, on whether something is wrong or right, but why you feel that way. And people can connect to you as a podcast host because you have emotions, not just opinions. 100% about that, yes. Because this is what I said, they know, like, and trust you, but also because they agree with you. Sometimes you're just letting them know that how they feel, their philosophy is okay by sharing yours. And if they disagree with you, maybe this gives them a longer form to listen to why you see things from your point of view. And even if they still disagree, they can at least understand why you have that opinion, which I think we kind of miss out in America in whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is an opportunity to get people talking and get people talking who might not normally talk to each other and to learn about people and to show the humanity in people and show that we have a lot of differences, but we've got a lot more similarities. Right. So I, I think that's one of the great things about comics. Again, comics can point things out that a regular straight man could not do because I don't know why that is. I mean, you, you can maybe kind of break that down why that is, but it's, it's like cartoons. The Simpsons can show humanity in a way humans cannot. Right, right, right. So yeah, for comics, you, you're noticing the incongruencies in things and then drawing similarities between them in that gap. Yeah. And so, and, and speakers have that philosophy that they're trying to get across to their potential clients and stuff. So the podcast gives them a way to get that out. Comics have a way to get their point across. And and you like with Mark Maron is a great example. Uh, what does he have a thousand episodes now? One thousand episodes. One, and so did you listen to the breakdown, how he went back and reflected on one thousand? Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So it was great. And if you haven't listened to that and you've never listened to him, it may not make sense to, but if you've listened to ten or fifteen episodes or more, just listen to him recap that first thousand. They're doing all the things we're telling you that you might want to do. They they did it without getting paid. Well, they, they used basically a stolen studio. They, they broke had, into a studio at night yeah, yeah, to, he, to record he had, it. The way I understand it, he had gotten fired from his job. And I guess maybe they had a, a week or two there before they had to be out of the building. They said, well, let's just record here. Yeah. And he had a, a, a guy, a producer, who believed in his philosophy and his, his strength of personality to base a career around. I mean, this guy left New York and moved to California to produce his podcast when it still wasn't making much money at all. So here's two people believing what they're doing, which you should do if you're going to launch a podcast. They, they didn't worry about getting paid. It came along when they had a good product and people started jumping on board to sponsor it. 
all those things kind of happen down the road when you put a podcast together. But for the people who are still on the fence, like, hey, if I'm not getting paid for it, uh, what's the value for me? What's what's well, some things that they can immediately see benefits from? The, the value, I think, is that this is yours. If you're going to be paid for it, let's say you're getting on a sitcom like a lot of comics like to do. Well, that that's not yours. You're probably not even writing it. You're a guy rehearsing somebody else's lines. Mm-hmm. And then those lines are going to be chopped up by the management. Then you're going to do test audiences and whatever. A podcast is yours. It is the rawest type of thing that we can do because even in a club you've got again three minutes 15 minutes 30 minutes you've got these limitations you do not have that limitation with a podcast now sometimes i wish some of these podcasts have limitations (laughs) you need to know you can't just get up there and do anything you want because you want to get a positive reaction and you want to get a listenership i guess the good thing if you're thinking about doing a podcast you can listen back. You should listen back to it before you release it. You, you might want to do some light editing or whatever, but you have the one last chance to take something out that you may not want to go out there permanently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's also, it would be great to have an editor to kind of maybe flag those things for you. Go, hey, I, I don't know if you realize what you said right there, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to make sure before yeah. we push the, push the release button on this thing. Well, hopefully you've got a good filter as a comic. I know sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the heat of the moment and maybe when you're in a studio, think, oh, nobody, nobody's going to hear this. But, uh, yeah, it, if you ever run for president, you will see that, yes, somebody heard it and they have a copy of it just waiting to release it. It'll pop back up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing with, with podcasts. It is that intimate format. And sometimes it's, if, if you're going to do, especially if you're going to do what I call like the four guys, one brain podcast, where it's, it's you and your buddies eating Doritos and getting high or something like that. That is uh, a slippery slope for saying stupid stuff. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of have it planned out and do think of it just as if it's a performance. So treat it with respect. It'll treat you with respect. Yeah. And I would say along those lines, you know, no matter what show I do, you know, I've got enough backlog of material in my brain. I know I'm going to get up there and be able to cover an hour, but I always determine what I'm going to start with and what I'm going to end with. Yeah. So at least on a podcast, you should know how you're going to open so you open strong. You should know how you're going to close so you close strong. And you can have some discovery moments in the middle that's entertaining and it's a journey and people will stick with you. But I think if you don't know where you're going, you don't know when to wrap the thing up. Let me give you a basic format if you're a brand new comic, something I would suggest on what you could do for these maybe five, 10 minute podcasts. So let's say you're going to take a news story. That's going to be your main hook. You've You've got to have something with the main hook. I like news, topical stuff. What are the other things you would suggest for for a comic, Rick? I know that uh, local stuff. If you're going through a town, maybe there's some kind of like local stuff that you'll you'll look for. But how do you find something that's maybe topical in, in comedy to talk about? Well, I, I mean, there's there's several uh, comics that do podcasts about movies that come out. So okay. every week there's a new movie. They review it. Perfect. Right. So they get their their opinion on the movie out. Okay. And they've got a beginning, kind of a middle and an end to what's going to happen. Right. But in the middle of all that, they're they're talking with their co-host or whoever, and they're exploring what they did and didn't like about it. So, so you you've you've got something like that. You've got you've got news. You've got maybe a holiday, something that's happening, mm-hmm. or any kind of like current event. You've got whatever it is as the main. We'll call it bulk of your podcast, even if it's just five minutes, but it has that beginning, that middle, and an end. And what I like to do as a brand new podcaster, this is what I would suggest: is you're going to put a personal story on the front of that. Say, hey, it's David Hooper, and I just rolled in from Biloxi, Mississippi. I was down there doing a gig at the such and such and such, and it was great. So you're letting people know that you're out working, and you're letting people know that they can come and see you and that you're a comic that may be coming to their town. Segway that into your movie, your news, a book, current event, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. And at the end, once you wrap that up and that 
big uh, big event there's you're talking about the, the the hook or the meat it should have that beginning in the middle and end and then at an end invite people to either have a conversation with you come to your website and subscribe but do something that ends the entire podcast so it's a really a pretty simple format personal story meet and then here's how to get in touch and continue the conversation Great. And if for people that do interviews, you could leave with a personal story, how you met this person, the impact they've had upon you. 100%. You do the interview and then the, yep. the, the end is the reflective part. And what do you think yeah. about what this guy said or this R- gal? Right. And, and as a comic, you're probably pretty good at segues because you're good at going from bit to bit, joke to joke, segment to segment. So you should be pretty good at this and you're out there living an interesting life. So it's going to be easy for you to do that or easier than it is for most people. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you don't want to have like a, you've been in a dance club or like the DJ, like the needle mixes, skip mixes beats and that kind of yeah. thing. You don't want to have one of those like hard stops, like like college mm, radio. Yeah. We're going from Mozart to uh, Primus, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I've heard, like it's like this guy's just playing what he likes. No, no, no. no. The audience just got lost. <laughs> you, you, you want to have that that nice transition, but as a comic, that's stuff that you're probably already working on. Again, this is an, another reason for you to get into podcasting because you, you've already got the skills. It is the same skill but maybe delivered in a different way. Yeah, and as far as skills, too, and familiarity, this is what I really liked about podcasting when I got into it. I pretty much had all the equipment already, just yeah. didn't realize I had it. Yeah. Um, we can talk about some basics. I'll, I'll tell them my setup, and I'll be happy to take a picture of it and put it on the show notes. I use a Zoom H4N recorder. It's $249, $249 at like Guitar Center or Best Buy. You can get them online, obviously. And not only do I use it for the podcast, but I had that already for recording live performances, which we all should be doing. I know we can do it from our phone, and that's a decent stuff for listening to. But for broadcasting or podcasting, you want a higher quality. This will do it. And, and let me let me say something there. If, if you're going to say it, if you're going to perform it, you might as well record it. And if yes. you're going to record it, you might as well record it great. Right. Because that could have been the best performance of your year, and all you've got is this little iPhone tape. No, 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 no. If you're going to record it, do the best job you can with the recording. So yeah, H4N is, is perfect. Zoom, H4N is Zoom beautiful. H4N. It's got uh, two mics built into it, so you don't have to plug anything in. You set it on the stool while you're on stage. You get everybody. But as a podcaster, all I've got to do is get two short microphone cords and two Shure SM58s or even the knockoffs of the SM58s, which are like sometimes called the 85s or whatnot. That's what a comedy club typically has on the stand. You plug those two things in if you're doing an interview. If it's just you, you plug one in. And that's all I use. Then I take the SD card, pop it into some some editing software. I use Camtasia. You might use Audacity, whatever you might have, iMovie or whatever. And you just cut it together. So the barrier to entry for sounding really good, 249 and a couple of mics, a couple of cords, you're looking at 350 bucks max. Now, you can... You can get around that probably other ways. I've seen there's some apps now where you can record right into your phone by using a little plug-in microphone. There's other things, but I'd be curious, Dave, what's without going broke and with tools they may already be familiar with, you like my setup or you got a better one? I love your setup, and I'm going to tell you how to do it for 250 So you're talking about the H4N. Zoom is the company, Z-O-O-M. And if you go to Amazon, I've seen it as low for, as 169 mm-hmm. So 169 right there. You talked about the knockoffs of the SM58. Sure, SM58 is a rock solid mic. It's about a hundred bucks each. But if you want a Chinese made, probably by the same mold as the SM58, it's called the GLS ES58, $29.95 at Amazon. So two of those for 30 bucks. And then a couple of Monoprice cords. Monoprice is the, uh, it's called XLR cables mm-hmm. is what you want. The Monoprice is the brand. 
I think they're eight bucks each, maybe. Yeah. Probably eight, eight feet. I mean, how, how long are the, cor- the cables that you're going You can get for? them four, eight, 12, whatever. If you're going to sit close together across a desk, you just need four feet. If yeah. you might be sitting on chairs at a comedy club in the back of the room, maybe get the eight-footer. So, you know, eight foot, 12 foot, you don't need 50 feet or anything like that. But with the cables, you're probably all in around 250. And for software, you talked about taking out the uh, SD card, mm-hmm. plug it in into your computer. I use a program called Audacity, which is free. There's another program that I run my files through called Authonic, which compresses the file, makes it smaller, easier for people to download. That's at Authonic.com. A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. Correct. And I think the first two hours a month are free. You mm-hmm. can get a subscription to it for maybe, I think it's $11 a month for maybe 10 hours of, of time. It's going to compress everything, take out some of the background noise, make you sound a little bit more polished. Then you, of course, need to distribute it. I use a, pro, a company called Libsyn, Same L-I-B-S-Y-N. Here. I've actually got a code, B-I-G, if you use the code BIG, you get that month and your next month free. And Libsyn is great because for five bucks, five bucks a month, if you don't have like, a, I think you can put 50 megabytes of content up. So let's say trying to do the math on like how, how, how many long, episodes how, yeah how many episodes that you could get if you're going to ramble and ramble and ramble on uh, that might not work for you but certainly under 20 bucks a month for Lipson, mm-hmm. under really even uh, five for a lot of people that's going to get you where you want to go so you're talking a good let's say 300 bucks you're you're all in with hosting with everything you need the alphonic subscription a couple of es 58 gls mics and then the zoom h4n you could go if you wanted to and just a secondary setup. Just uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you two. If it's just you, there's a mic called the Audio-Technica 2100, 70 bucks on Amazon. It plugs straight into your computer. You can record straight into Auphonic. If you've got an iPhone and you'd rather use something that you've already got, like an iPhone, you don't have a full computer, you can get something called Backpack Studio. I think that's eight bucks. And use something called the iRig Pre, which is a preamp for your microphone. I think it's 40 bucks. So that's going to get you with a cheap microphone. That's $70 worth of equipment if you've already got the phone. So really, you've got no excuse if you've got uh, $250 or less to, to get this thing going. Thanks, Dave. Uh, tell everybody real quickly about the, the book, where they can find it. I've got a copy. I've got the digital as well. Lots of great info. And some there were some bonus perks. I don't know if those are still around, like the quick start guide and those things with the purchase. I do. So the book is called Big Podcast, Grow Your Podcast Audience, Build Listener Loyalty, and Get Everybody Talking About Your Show. It is available at Amazon, other fine booksellers. Amazon is the best way to get it because right now there was it started out as a, a distribution issue, 1095 for for the uh, for the paperback. And how big is the paperback, Ray? It's a thumper. Go ahead and thump it. It's this thing is uh, 432 pages. It uh, it works as like a, a paperweight. If somebody's uh, heckling you, just bam. Well, you may not have foam to put on the wall when you start a podcast, but if you open this up to 260, <laughs> it'll it'll be a little bit of a buffer. It's but, solid. But yeah, I've got some I've, I've got some uh, quick start stuff. I've actually got 25 episode templates. If you're curious about what to do with your podcast, I gave you one. Just coming up with the meat, giving the intro, then give it outro to get people to subscribe to you. But I've got 25 of these, and that's available at bigpodcast.com. If you go there and subscribe, 25 episode templates, and it's a good way to practice bullet points. That's a great thing about podcasting, too, is that there are different opportunities for you in podcasting, and you can try each of these, even if they're not funny, there's nothing funny about them. That's going to make you a better comic because you're just going to have so many things in your toolkit. Yeah, and I'll tell you from that, that 25 podcast template, when I looked at it, I'm like, you know what? You could do this. 
literally one to the next to the next. If you're doing a weekly podcast, just, you'll restart it at 25, and you'll have two years worth or a, a full year's worth of podcast episodes. Or you, I looked at it and go, you know what? This third one, I could do this one every single week. That format would work perfect for a short podcast, and that's all I would need. But it yeah. it, it helps you not have to reinvent the wheel or rethink every way to podcast. It lays it right out there for you, and that's yeah. worth checking out. Yeah, the work has already been done. You don't need to come up with something from scratch. There are 700,000 podcasts online. That's right. Uh, most of them not very good, but the work has already been done for you. So take what you like and leave the rest. Like I said, this is yours. You don't have the NBC execs telling you that that's not funny or that'll never work. You can find out for yourself. It's, if it's not funny, it'll never work. And I guess the last little bonus I'll throw in there is that you'll be better at speaking on a mic to one person, which would pay dividends when you're doing radio to promote your shows, all those kinds of things. So you're building up microphone skills just like stage time. Look what it did for Mark Maron. There, there, there's the publicity element, but then Mark Maron, I, I think that if you look at his old comedy compared to his new stuff, and maybe it's because we feel like we know him because we hear him all the time on WTF, but man, that guy is clear about who he is and his personality and it seems like, I, I think that he, I, I would argue say, to say that in the last two years, he's probably made more money than he has his entire career. I would say that. And I'd also say his journey of self-discovery, like he's a different person than he was when he, I mean, he, instead of just being purely angry with no worry about repercussions, he's a, he's a more thoughtful, still sometimes angry, but he, he's learned about himself. <laughs> it's been somewhat therapeutic. Yeah. But he's also, oddly enough, attracted people who needed the same uh, things said out loud so they knew they yeah. weren't alone. Like, he connected on a whole different level than he intended to. Yeah. And, well, that, well, that's, that's, and that's one of the things that he does, and that's one of the things that your podcast will do, is you show people that they are not alone. And that's the key to it. Hopefully, uh, it's just not me and you alone listening to this episode. Uh, I know it's not because we got some great listeners, School of Last. And thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, I just want to say this real quickly while we're still rolling. If you haven't checked out uh, the option of joining Club 52, that's one way that I get to interact with my listeners one-on-one. And if you donate... You can donate a dollar a month or whatever. It's kind of like an online tip jar, but at just $7 a month or more, you get a weekly email where I get in, I send you an email telling you about one specific thing that's totally doable in a week's time that you can do to tweak your business or tweak your jokes or tweak your performance or tweak your marketing to get you bigger and better and ultimately more bookable, which is the whole podcast focus for you guys. So check that out. I sometimes don't mention it enough, I don't think, to let people know what's out there. Same thing with the online course. It's available 24-7, and I've got a special going all summer long called Better Comedy. That is the coupon code Better Comedy, and that will get you 20% off the silver edition of the online class, which will help you identify why things are funny how you can make things funnier, and how you can organize your set so that the jokes work in the best order. So if that interests you, you can check all that out at schooloflaughs.com forward slash Patreon for Club 52, or click on the online class link under Comedy Classes, about three or four tabs over on top of the website. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Last podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.